All right, guys, welcome back. This is episode number seven. We got Mitch Matthews in the house today. Appreciate to you coming, dude. Ready to go, man. Came down to St. Jeezy for a couple days, and you're ready to rock and roll? Now we're here. Yeah, anytime I can get down here, the answer is yes, and I'm here. And we played a little pickleball today. We did. I got to say this, actually, really quick. So I played a lot of pickleball, and we had some pretty pretty high-level pickleball players today. We and did. you held your own. Did I? You did, dude. Like you, I, I felt like you held your own because all the games, I mean, every single game, you may not have won every game. Yeah. But the score was 11-8, 11-7, 11-9. Yeah. You were right there. I had a pill to swallow because there was eight guys there, and I was definitely number eight to rank them. <laughs> but you don't play but, much of those guys. They play every day. I know. That's a problem. Twice a day. And so, no, like, seriously, I had this thought. I know myself, and that, like, that, that is not okay to be eight of eight. That is like, that, that's like the yeah, kid that got yeah. picked last in kickball. So I will be on the courts when I go back home, and I will get a coach, and I will come down. Like, it'll change. Like it. That I I was so angry this morning that I was that guy that like, that was like you know people would see me like as their partner like, all right, well let's let's see what we can do. I'm like no no no. That, this is the last day this ever happens. I'm coming back down as at least top three. That's funny. You know what I mean? That that's always been your mindset since I've known you. I've known you for what ten years now, right? Ten. And there's been a, there's been a gap there where we didn't have a ton of contact, but. I met you about 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we've got lives and things going on, but it's been fun to reconnect. But I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. Hopefully you had fun. I had a blast. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I burned some calories. My watch said 1,200 calories. So anyway, game. we got we got him here, and um, Mitch is a stud. Mitch Mitch played for BYU. He played uh, football for BYU. Could have yep. played basketball for BYU, honestly. I mean, I've seen him play basketball, and he's a baller. Could have played a lot of sports, maybe even baseball, honestly. Um, but he's a crazy athlete. He's a successful entrepreneur. He, he lives in Utah and um, just an inspiring guy. A lot of people follow him to get business advice or just life advice. Uh, so happy to have him on the podcast, dude. Thanks for coming. No, I'm glad to be here. Let's jump right into it, man. So, Let's do it. So um, one of the things that I've always admired about you is you have this drive. And I don't know what you would call it. Maybe you can comment on it. But there's like this this switch that goes in your mind and it's always on. Yeah. Right, that that thing is always on. It's go, all the time. Where does that come from? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, my dad, uh, he put it into words what I've always felt, and it was actually somewhat recently, which I thought was funny. But he's he just he was talking to my wife while I was in the car about me. It's funny because my dad lives with me, and uh, they always talk about me and some of like my isms and like my antics. Yeah, and as you know, parents and you know spouses do. And my dad said he lives like he always has a chip on his shoulder, even though there's there literally shouldn't be one. <laughs> and I was like, I'm 30 years old. I'm just hearing this from my dad for the first time. But he just put it into words what I so, sort of naturally feel. I don't even know where it comes from, but that's just how I typically feel. Yeah. Maybe it was because I was a little brother, and my brother was always way better of an athlete than me. He's two and a half years older. Yeah. And so I was always playing catch up. He got a scholarship when he was. A sophomore in high school, I, I, I didn't even play varsity when I was a sophomore in high school. Didn't play a single play. And so I was always like, this isn't like, why am I like tagging along? I developed really late. So a lot of my friends were a little bit ahead of me growing up. Meaning your height came late. Height came late, like size came late. And so I just developed this like, if I'm going to be able to stay up and compete, I've got to be an abs, I got to be absolutely there mentally. Mm. I've got to have this chip in my shoulder, even when it shouldn't even be there. I just got to have it. And that's, um, you know, people would pay any amount of money for just peak energy and peak motivation all day. 
people would pay top dollar for that. For sure. And so having multiple things that motivate you and give you energy, um, we welcome them, yeah. you know? And so I've always had this uh, sort of I'm playing catch up mentality, even when I'm, I'm sometimes I'm even not, you know? And um, it served me well, you know? And then when I actually, my body caught up to me in college and I was able to develop and be bigger and faster than everybody else, um, my mindset was still there, which served me well. Yeah. I've seen it. I, I think a lot of people probably see. I don't know. I don't know if they do. I think they do. I think people are naturally drawn to you. Maybe it's your size. Maybe you're tall. And I, I think tall people just kind of <laughs> sometimes can be your leaders a little <laughs> bit. Be what it is, dude. I don't uh, know. But there's something about that for sure. I think people are drawn to you in that way. And I think a lot of it is probably your mindset. It's like, hey, this dude means business. He's he's turned on all the time. Yeah. It's like I want to follow that guy. I want to be able to be have that. I want I want to feel that. Yeah. In my life. I was. I think I was blessed with really high energy. Like my mom. So my mom and my mom and I are like a copy and paste. Mm. And uh, she was known for peak energy all the time. Like I just have, I just have tons of energy. And so it can be super goofy, super loud when I'm just in chill mode. But then that will translate into that different person, that really ultra competitive person when it's time to compete, yeah. you know? And uh, I don't know if you know, you've ever heard of... Um, Brian Dawkins before you heard him before. So Brian Dawkins was a free safety in uh, the NFL for the Eagles. And he had such a switch in distinction. He was like a great father, great Christian man. And he had a locker with Eagles that just said Brian Dawkins. And it was all of his, his Bible, his, just his, his, his clothes he came to work in right next to his own locker. There's a locker called Malcolm X. And that was his second personality. And so when mm -hmm. he was in the locker, uh, and in the locker room, he would transform into Malcolm X. And then when he'd come onto the field, he'd be a totally different. I mean, I'm talking take on a different personality. So I'm talking, go look these videos up. I'm talking freak of nature, but he had this ability to transition into a great father, great man, a God fearing man into an absolute literal monster on the field. That was absurd mentally. And so he had great energy when he chose to have great energy for spiritual things and for family things, he had great energy there. And then he had fantastic energy when he wanted to put that God-fearing man, that family man on pause for about four hours during a football game, he would do that and take all the energy into this freak of nature specimen who put all his energy into the gridiron and he did that. And so, uh, not that I'm him, but I think there's a, I think there's a time and a place to like unleash a monster in you, mm. you know, and, and compete at a high level. I think I think you should always be a good man, um, but you you should you should compete hard and be sometimes even feared because um, business in in sports can be war. Yeah, and so it's okay to transition into like this monster version of yourself, and you can still be a great guy. You can still be a stand up person, but it's okay to have this tran transform and transfer that energy into this new person to be your best for what that sport or business requires of you. I love that. I, I think we live in a world where there's so many people that are attacking that masculinity. Yeah. They call it toxic masculinity, right? We're, we're taught that all over social media right now, right? Right. And, you know, I think of it, I think it was, I don't know where I heard this, but it's like, if you're walking down the street and somebody pulls a gun and you're with your wife, does your wife want a masculine man at that point or does she right. want some... Pushover. Pushover. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> She wants somebody that's going to go and just stand in front of her and fight, right? 
And so when I think that's to me what you're describing is when the time comes to be a man, you need to be able to have the ability to transfer your personality into that new person, yeah. right? I think that's so key. But I, I think about it too. You know, what about people that struggle with that? I mean, okay, so you're in the summer sales world. Mm -hmm. One of the hardest industries. I think arguably the toughest sales industry oh, yeah. in the world. Going door to door and be able to in seconds get somebody to like you and trust you and listen to you. Yeah. And then buy what you're selling. So good for you. And somehow get their credit card. Like they don't know who you are. Right. right. But people do it and they do it by the thousands every single day. Mm -hmm. Super, super hard. You teach these guys all the time. You're their leader. How do you teach them to have that like dog mentality to just grind and get it done? When you start to teach these young men and women about this job, it becomes way more of like a spiritual, mentally emotional thing. This sort of zoomed out version of who they can become from this job. And then you sort of zoom in level by level to the details of the job. Like, what your posture should be, what your hands should be doing, what you should be saying, your tone, your metaverbals and all that. But that's so much later down the road. I want a person, first and foremost, when I'm interviewing or hiring someone, I want a person that's obsessed with winning because they're, they're going to be obsessed with winning as a dad too when they have kids. If they're obsessed with winning, they're going to be a great manager for me one day too. So if they're obsessed with winning and they have a history of whether it's sports or whether it's just high performance in music, whatever it is, I want someone who wants to win because that person knows how to transform their energy into this beast when they need to be a beast and then this normal person when they need to be normal. So we, we zoom out first. I also want to know if someone's gone through hard things. If someone's gone through like a lot of shit in their life, mm. I, can, I can fully count on them before I've seen them do anything before. They're sitting in front of me and they tell me their story or I hear about their story and how crazy it was. They're going to be a dog for my company. It's, 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 I can, I can, I, I'll, I'll double down. I'll go all in on that person because, um, they've made it this far with all the stuff they've gone through. That person will have zero excuses during this really hard summer selling season. And so we're way zoomed out in the conversations at first on who they can become from this job. And then we'll zoom in from there. It's like little nitty gritties, but this job teaches people how to be an absolute animal. And I love it. Mm, that's good. I, one of the things that you said, I want to touch on it was at the very beginning of what you just said is like, I look for people who know how to win. And this is like a personal question to you, but if you look at so for you, when you think about do like winning, do you love to win or hate to lose? Like, which one do you value more? It's just a, it's a hard It's got to be a hate to lose thing. Yeah. It's got, that's the first thing that came to my mind was hate to lose. Really? I don't know, I don't know why. Dude, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this real quick. So it's funny that you said that and you didn't even hesitate, like super fast. I was sitting in a room. It was when I was doing summer sales. This was back in like 2013, 2014 in Virginia. And I have the, the owner of, um, I can't remember his name, Dave something. Royce. Dave Royce, he comes into yeah. Virginia and he's a freaking good salesman for sure. Kind of a yeah. crazy guy, but yeah. he comes and he, he asks that question in the sales room. And he first he asks, who loves to win? And most of the hands went up. And he asked both. He said, who, who loves to win more than they hate to lose? And everybody, most people raised their hand and said, I love to win more than I love or hate losing. And then he obviously asked the, the opposite, and there was three of us that raised our hand. 
and all three of us were the top reps. No way. All three of us. And this is what he said, and I thought it was so fascinating. He said, I travel around the country. I have thousands of reps all around the country, and I ask the same question, and without fail, without fail, the people who hate losing are the top reps in my company every single time. Dude. And so it's funny. I mean, and I would just ask you that. You probably haven't thought of that or asked, been asked that question. I've never before. been asked. But that. why do you think that is? I, I don't know, but I'm the same way, dude. Yeah. My wife knows this about me. I hate to lose. Uh, dude. And I know you're the same dude. way, so that's why I asked you the question. <laughs> uh, you have to leave the house if I just lost. I wish my wife was right here next to me so bad because she'd be laughing her ass off because she knows I'm evil when I lose. The whole, like the whole house has to feel when I lose, you know what I mean? The community, my dad says, this, he goes, when Mitch loses something, the community, the neighbors have to feel it. Everyone has to know that, he, that he's that pissed off about it. But I think it's because if you want to win so bad, when you do win, you don't even celebrate it long enough to really have it be such a reward. When you lose though, you feel it a lot more. Yeah. When you win it, when you win a game, you celebrate it for like 30 minutes yeah. and then I'm on to the next team. I'm watching film on them. I'm thinking about them that night. I'm thinking about the defensive back who's gonna have to guard me that night. And we just won a game and I'm celebrating for 30 minutes in the locker room and then it's over. Yeah. If you lose though, that lingers for a long time. The next piece of it is I've prepared too freaking hard for whatever I'm doing to lose. Yeah. So if I've, if I've prepared at an A plus level, I'll probably perform at an A plus level. And then when I do perform at an A-plus level, like make that sale or have that big sales day or whatever, that should have already happened. So I already won in my mind. Now I'm just doing it in reality. So why even celebrate? Because I already knew this was going to happen. When I lose, though, it was unexpected. Right. And it hurts a lot more because you're like, wait, wait, wait. Point, I've, I've trained point. and prepared way too freaking hard. for. I've been dreaming of this for years. What the hell just happened? Yeah. So I think that's what it is. You I feel like the effects that. of losing women. I like that. I like the part where you're like, you've already dreamt it up. And this is this is what I expect. I expect to win. And so when I do, it hurts you more. Yeah. Like, I, I, this isn't supposed to happen. And then you analyze, you overanalyze, and then you get better, though, ultimately. Yeah. Because you don't want to feel that again. I think another piece to this that's so interesting is I watch athletes. I love athletics of all kinds. It's funny, as I've gotten older, it was, growing up, it was baseball, baseball, baseball. But I love tennis. I love freaking, I, I love watching Conor McGregor fight in the cage. Like I, I love freaking like, I love football. I love baseball. I love basketball. I love all sports now, but I watch the people who are elite. And if the game gets close, it's like that, that hate, like where they hate losing, that switch kicks in. They become semi, you know they become semi evil. They become something different. They become a different animal. Because they hate losing so much. They're like, I can feel that this is getting close to reality. I won't let it happen. Yeah. The elites do that. They find a way. It's crazy. Michael Jordan. Yeah. And push off against the jazz, right? Like freaking things. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, he makes it happen though. Yeah. And he doesn't get the call. Why? I don't know. He freaking brought it into existence. Like he, that ref wasn't going to call because Michael Jordan, like, I swear he just like, you're not going to call this on me. Yeah. No, it's true. What if you, if you had a hidden camera and you watched how athletes or salespeople or business people act when the, the, they're losing or they're behind in their goals and the time is running out, that's when you see naturally this freak come out of them. Yeah. Because they know I don't have an hour left in either this game or a quarter left or an hour left in this day to make this sale or you know how many days left in this quarter to 
uh, sell this amount of homes. If, if you're a person that raised his hand to say, I uh, hate losing more than I love winning, you'll see that person morph into a new animal. And uh, it's uh, th- those, those are the super competitive people. Uh-huh. No, I think, I think you can also, just like anything, you can take this way too far. I know people that hate losing too, but once they start losing, they literally pout. And they even with guys you golf with, they'll sit in the golf cart after like five holes because they're so mad at their swing. It's not that you know what I mean they're losing and they're so bump butt hurt that they stop competing. And so you can have people like that as well, though, where they seem like they hate to lose, and then the second they get injured, they the injury seems to linger for like months longer than it should. Or if they drop that pass, I'm just talking about receivers, they hang their head for like a week. Yeah, and you're like. I thought you were the guy that was ultra competitive where they only love to compete when things are going good. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. I think of like the window of tolerance, right? You think about the window of tolerance is like this, there's this gap uh, that we try to stay in. We don't try to get too high, which is like anxiety and too low, which is like depression. We try and stay somewhere in the middle, which you're going to feel a little bit depressed, but you're, you're in the safe zone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, but you're still grinding and you don't want to either. The other, the other part of this is you don't want to flatline because like in an EKG, like you're dead. Like if your, your right. heart rate is flat, like you're dead. You don't want to feel nothing either. Mm-hmm. You, but so like letting the emotion in and feeling that pain of losing, I think is good. Yeah. Just keep it in that window of tolerance to where you, it's like you're saying you don't pout, you don't cry, you don't let it hurt you or stop you from keeping going. Because yeah. as long as you keep going and grinding hard, you're going to get better. And it's UVU at the end of the day. But you got to, yeah, I think you're right. You got to keep going. You got to keep grinding for sure. Yeah. yeah you, I, I, I had a... Uh... Uh, the opportunity to speak at a conference um, about a week ago. And someone asked, like, what does peak confidence look like? And I said, I don't know. But I do know that I played college football and there's a lot of super confident people there. But there was also a lot that weren't confident. Then I played in the NFL. And in the four different locker rooms that I was in, there wasn't a single person, not a single person that lacked confidence. Huh. Not a single one, because you would never have had the chance to even make it there. Uh, people that are way too up and down, they get eaten alive, absolutely eaten alive. And so, in college, I, there was guys that dropped passes, which is normal, yeah. and got injured, which is normal, or had a bad game, which is normal. And you could see their mentals, mm-hmm. their energy dip for like a month, and and I was blown away. I'm like, you should have bounced back three weeks ago from this thing that you're so hurt at, right? In the NFL, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Those at that level, you, you truly believe that your SHIT doesn't stink. Yeah. And that can go too far. If you believe you're perfect, then you don't practice. Right. But at the end of the day, when you're on the football field, um, and I know we're talking football because that's where I come from. It's okay to think like that. It's okay to think when you're on the gridiron that you're an absolute beast. It's okay to let your mind go there. And like you were saying, so you, if you thought that way all the time, you'd be a terrible husband. So come home and drop that. Leave that in your normal person locker or your, your freak show locker. Get your clothes on in your normal locker and come home and be a great dad. Yeah. But there are times to, to transform and, and there are times um, in everyone's life where they should become that monster for their goals. Yeah. You know? And whatever your goals are, there needs to be a time where you transition into that beast that just wants to win because that's going to serve you the most. 
six hours later when it's time to go home, drop that certain swagger, come home and be a fantastic mom or dad. Love it. Love it. I know a guy that he'll sit in the, the truck before he comes home for like five minutes. And he sits there, turns his phone off and just breathes. And then he'll, and then he'll actually leave his phone in his truck and go inside. Mm. And he won't touch the phone until the next day. Wow. I think it's amazing that he that he's able to do that. But it's the same when dad comes, when dad comes home, he sets the tone. Yeah. Right. Like, is dad happy today? Is dad sad? Is, is dad going to love me? Is he going to, can I come up and give him a hug? Like all your, your kids, all they want to do is show you love when they, when, when you come home, right? Yep. And so to be able to, to transition and be in that state, I think is key. Yeah. Especially in the world of stress that we live in today, for sure. Yeah. And now I know when you bring sports into things, uh, it, it is a, I mean, it's okay to be like a cocky bastard in sport. Like it, it, it's like, like you hear these people on TV. You're like, man, imagine saying that about yourself at home. Like how amazing you are as a dad. But it's okay to say that as an athlete, right? I think different industries bring different types of people. But if we were talking sports, it's okay to turn into an absolute monster. It's okay on the field to turn into an absolute jerk. It, it's totally okay. That's actually in football. It's needed to even survive. And so know what your arena, or which arena that you're in. And then play to that best self. Mm. You know, it's okay to be a softie when you're at home as a dad. Mm. You know, if I came home and tried to act like an executive, yeah. that would drive my wife crazy. Or, and my yeah. kids, they, they, they would think something different of me. So uh, that's not, I'm not saying be a chameleon, right? I'm not saying that you have these multiple personalities. You just have a certain amount of energy every single day. So whatever is needed for you to be a good executive or a great athlete or a great whatever, use the energy to transition you into that person you need to be at that time. And then let yourself take the rest of that energy and bring it home or bring it to a friend event or bring it to whatever, and then be all in there as the person that you should be there. Because your personality is still going to show no matter where you are. But take all the energy you have and give it to the person you should be when you come home for dinner or when you go into that, that board meeting or when you step on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, switching gears. This is a thought that I had cause you're bringing, you're talking about confidence, switching gears just a little because you're talking about confidence. And I feel like one of the things that brings me confidence is doing the things that I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do them. And I've thought about this a lot in the last probably week is like, I'm, I love planning the day before and then making sure that I check off every single thing. And it comes down to when I'm going to wake up that day, how long I'm going to work out, what I'm going to eat that day, what, and then the, my task list, my, my schedule, everything that I'm going to do. And if I can get a hundred percent, which is not always possible, I freaking feel amazing. But even if I just do my best, I still feel amazing at the end of the day. So I think there's some, there's some power there in, in, in gaining confidence. I'm curious to know your take on it. So like summer sales guys, I think a lot of times I could be wrong, but they kind of know what they're doing. They're waking up, they go to the meeting in the morning and they go and knock doors. How do you teach somebody that has a monotonous schedule like that to keep a schedule, to have non-negotiables? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, a thought came to my mind that when you started talking that I want to say is yeah. I tell this to my sales guys and I would tell it to every young athlete as well. And it's the same would go for entrepreneurs and dads is your confidence is and should be in your input like what you're putting out there not in the actual outcome and i'll give a sales example so 
we have a ton of sales reps that go out and do door-to-door sales for my pest control company. And they're amazing. They're talented. They're awesome. You have some guys um, that they put all their confidence in the outcome. If they make the sale, they're confident. If they lost the sale, they go, Mitch, what did I do wrong? I don't, where did I go wrong? I, don't, I missed it. What happened? Like what? Nothing. You did absolutely nothing wrong. And what I tell them is this, my confidence when I was a full-time sales guy, uh, cause that's what I did, you know, for the first like four years of my business, I went and put on the sales shirt and did it full-time. My confidence is in my pitch, not in whether or not they say yes in my pitch. Cause I've gone days where I've given 10 pitches and had 10 people say yes. I've gone days where my first 10 pitches, I get 10 flat out no's and it was the next day. Yeah. And so I, was I confident yesterday because I was 10 for 10? Do I lack confidence today because I was a zero for 10? No, because my input was the exact same. Right. So my confidence is in my body of work. I lay down an A plus pitch to every person I talk to. I lay down 10 out of 10 energy with every person I talk to. And that's all that I can control. And so if they say yes, awesome. If they say no, doesn't matter because I did every single thing I could. And the reason why that's important is, uh, think about this. Um, you're religious, I'm religious. Jesus was perfect, right? Which means he carried with him a perfect pitch about his gospel, right? And so if, if Jesus, who was perfect and gave this perfect pitch, was also denied, then I can lay down a perfect pest control pitch right. and also be denied and not care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And so, so many people get so thrown off on what actually happened. And so, there was there were times in college where I felt like uh, I lost us the game. And it hurt, but it didn't hurt my confidence because I did every freaking thing I could. Yeah. That's just sort of how it played out. Uh, well, I'll, I'll help you transition into something that I talk about every single day, Yeah, which is uh, the biggest moment in my college career which is, uh, I caught a Hail Mary against Nebraska. You're a BYU fan, you know you know this moment, probably. You do. Uh, yeah, right? Um, most people don't know that that game, for the most part, I had two touchdowns, um, but for the most part, almost four full quarters, I got my ass kicked. I got my ass kicked. There was a lot of double teams on me, there was, there was the cornerback right in my face and a safety over the top. I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could get open. Yeah. I wasn't making the impact that I was supposed to. And I was pissed. The DB that was playing against me was phenomenal. And I didn't have my best game. And I remember um, going into that Hail Mary and, and, and using that as sort of fuel to make what happened happen on the last play of the game mm. because I was so pissed at what had happened that I used that energy to uh, propel me forward. So most people, they worry so much about the outcome. Okay, I haven't played that good today. Yeah, I haven't made that many sales today. So I can literally watch my confidence go down. Yeah. And now there's no chance for your ninth hour to be fantastic in sales or the last day of your, of your quarter to be great or the last quarter in the football game to be great because your confidence went down because what you saw, the results you saw were bad. So that means the rest of the game is going to be bad. Truly, truly confident people, they know they've laid every single thing down on the line. They've given every single ounce. They told themselves they would give it all. They gave it all. 
And so even though I got my ass kicked the first part of that game, I was frustrated. I still fully believe that when I was in that, that, that gridiron, that I was the best player in the world. Yeah. No matter what had happened, Mitch is still the best player in the world. Now, whether or not people actually believe that, I did. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I believed it. Yeah. And I think every freaking athlete should believe that. I agree. Um, and so that's why I was able to, to go make that play happen. Um, one second left, Hail Mary caught it. Um, was because I had I had to prove to the world that uh, and to myself that uh, uh, I could still play this game at a high level, even when the first three quarters were not in my favor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's staying at peak confidence uh, because of who you are deep down, not based upon results of something. Because yeah, yeah, your yeah. confidence will waver way too much. I agree. I had people like I would. You can check your Twitter after a game. You have people telling you to kill yourself after a bad game. Flat out, kill yourself after a bad game. And then you have people a week later saying they want you to marry their daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how is it? Those are two opposite worlds. Yeah, people are nuts. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, uh, for me, it was none of that stuff matters. No external things matter. If Imagine if my confidence, uh, like, traveled with, like, the opinions of others or traveled with outcomes I'd be all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. My confidence is 100% uh, in between my own ears. I love that because it says it's like a, it goes back to that window of tolerance that we, we talked about, right? And that's how you stay in it. That's how you stay consistent. I love that. I tell people that I'm, I'm helping invest in real estate all the time that you can't control the outcome. You can only control your effort. It's the same thing. So just put in all the effort, go through all the work that you need to do to be able to go and see if this property is right for you or not. And then if it is, great. If you run into hiccups, expect it. Just put in effort the entire time. And those that do are the ones that always win. I look back at the last seven years, and those are the people that are wealthy. Those are the people that, that won from investing in real estate, yeah. especially through COVID. But I think it's true in everything that we do. Just put your effort, like, like we started this thing, like turn it on all the time but know what on looks like. And I think that's right. what you added to it so Situation. so well, is just know when to wear a different hat. Yeah. I will say this though. I don't want people to think that um, um, confidence is, is uh, I'll say this. Confidence also comes through accomplishing, flat out. Like, it, why, are, why are NFL, NBA athletes so freaking confident? It's because they're, playing under the spotlight and winning all the time and so accomplishing does gain confidence but you don't actually get to that place until you're extremely confident under any circumstances yeah. in between your own ears yeah. so it's a passing of the baton um i always told myself you're the freaking best football player well before i even was a starter right and that might have be la been laughed at by other people. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you a funny story. This just came to my mind. Yeah. I'm going to put that on pause. This pissed me off so This was in college. Uh, I remember I would always stay late, watch film, lift a long time, and, and put in a lot of work. And uh, I remember I was watching film uh, late one night at BYU with one of my teammates. And it was super late, and the coach walked in or walked by. He's like, what's up, guys? What are you doing? We were both freshmen, me and my teammate. And we're like, man, just trying to become All-Americans. That was it. And uh, he goes, yeah, walks away and says, why do you guys try to become starters first? And 
Mm. I was like, first of all, like, what a dick. Like, mm-hmm. you know I mean, you're like, you're like, you're a coach on our team's O-line coach. And uh, I didn't think anything of it, couldn't have cared less, but that was always my mindset. I mean, I was like a young freshman. I mean, we had an All-American that was a starter at the time in my position. So I didn't care that I wasn't started yet, but in my mind, I'm going to be an all first team all conference player. I just haven't even had the chance to 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 shine yet. Yeah, it was a yet thing. Yeah, yeah. That coach ended up getting fired, and when <laughs> when he went to play for Utah State, and the next year, I had one of my biggest games against in my career against his team, and caught three touchdowns, a crap ton of yards. And uh, he came up to me after the game and shook my hand and gave me a big congratulations. But it was just funny, like, um, even your own coaches, people are going to try to tear you down and have comments for you of who you should be. Why would you worry about being an All-American in, in, or a first-team All-Conference player if you're not even a starter yet? First of all, how the hell do you have the audacity to tell that to somebody? But truly confident people, they have this, this crazy dialogue in their mind, a crazy, cocky dialogue in their mind. They don't share it outwardly. But it's this crazy, cocky dialogue in their mind all the time. I'm the freaking best. People just haven't seen me perform yet. That's okay. That's totally healthy. And uh, when you're given the time to shine, like thank goodness you've had that dialogue in your mind because that'll that'll be what gives you the chance to go shine. Then there's the next level of confidence, which is actually shining when those lights turn on. That gives you to that elite status confidence. Does that make sense? So it's a baton passing. It's I have this crazy dialogue, this broken record in my mind. And that's going to pass the baton. That mindset is going to have a literal baton that passes to you when the light turn on, uh, on, on Saturday, uh, or in the NFL on Sunday and say, okay, you've had this confidence for years since you were 10, you know, about who you could be here at the time to shine. Then you go shine. Your confidence goes to this next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so thank goodness I had this crazy dialogue in my mind. Cause even my own coaches doubted sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fans will doubt you for sure. Um, so it starts with the internal dialogue in your mind, a cocky, broken record, which is totally healthy. Yeah. Some people, people might disagree, but it's totally healthy as long as it stays in between your mind mm-hmm. and then, uh, actually showing out when the time comes. I love it. I'm going to compare you to Conor McGregor for a second. Sick. Is that Dude. cool? Oh yeah. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> There's a new <laughs> show on Netflix. I'm watching it. It's amazing. I'm watching it. So not to spoil a section, but it's only like three minutes, not even three minutes. It's maybe 60 seconds. And it's probably my favorite part of the whole series. It's early on in his career before he's won any belts. And there's an interviewer that's coming up to him and he's like, Connor, what do you think you can do in this sport? A lot of people say you have a lot of potential. Do you think you could win a belt? You know what his response was? He's like, and just in his Irish accent, which is iconic. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to do it, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I can't we'll do, do it, it for you. Let me hear it. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? I've already won it. I've already won it here. I already am. What do you mean what am I going to be? I am. I am that. I am a champion. I am a champion of all belts. I'm the greatest of all time. What are you talking about? Like how cocky is that? But that was what he said. But it's beautiful. To the it's reporter. a beautiful thing. And then what did he do? He won two belts. Well, see, here's my, here's my thing. Goob, why can't people go there mentally? They're, they're, I'm telling you right now, 99% of people don't let themselves go there because they're conditioned to think that that's cocky. Now he yeah. shared it outwardly. Well, that's UFC. That's what fighters do. That's yeah, what top for sure. Athletes are loud. You talk shit. Yeah. You say all these talk. They're kind of friends after, but yeah. Right. You but like, kill each other in the ring. That's what makes, that's what makes them money. Right. Exactly. So, so, so why I, so here's the thing, dude, you and I became friends 11 years ago, but it's because you and I tick 
the same way. I, I just saw something about you. I'm like, ah, he's that guy. I, I know he thinks his S-H-I-T doesn't stink. I just already know it. And I'm going to be friends with, guy, friends with this guy for a lifetime because he's like that. Um, why can't people let themselves get there? Why can't I believe it's totally okay to be absurdly confident yeah. in your mind upstairs, even before you've done anything? Freshman year, rookie year, first year in business. It's okay to be over the top confident in your mind, not outwardly. Why can't why can't more people get there? And I don't even think it's just okay. I think it's necessary. Right. If you want to win. If necessary. you want to be elite. Yeah. Why can't people get there though? I think it's because of the phrase when he said I am, I think that's the most powerful phrase in the English language. Because your subconscious is paying attention to the I am. And it's recording every time you say that. So when somebody tries to project on you, what could you become? What they're saying to your subconscious is you're not that yet. Yeah. So whenever you're ever going to be that. Right. So you got to be the one. And that's why I thought was so beautiful about his response is he's, he's already tuned in. His soundtrack in his mind is already tuned in. To, I'm the freaking best. You can't touch me. And he's lost. He doesn't have the perfect record. That's freaking Habib. He's, un, he's undefeated and then he retired. But who do we, I, I think of Connor. I mean, I think of like, I love watching Connor, dude. I didn't love watching Habib, even though he's a freaking tank. Yeah. But it's, the, I think that's it. I think it's, you got to pay attention to when you're talking to yourself. Do you love yourself? And are you, what are you saying? I am. Are you a dog? Yeah. Can you compete? Can you go get it? Are you a monster? Yeah. Y you have to already be that. It's okay to be cocky, over the top confident, solidified certain things that are going to be 10 years from the future. It's okay to solidify those things in your mind right now. Yeah. They will serve you so well. I pull my hair out trying to teach this principle to people. If everyone knew this principle, what we're talking about, completing things in their mind, I am. I am a billionaire. They just haven't paid me yet. Yeah. I am a pro athlete. They just haven't signed me yet. I am going to be one of the greatest football, uh, college football players. I'm just not old enough yet, you know? Yeah. If, if that mindset could be instilled uh, in everybody. We'd see a whole different world. Yeah. Because your body is a, a, and I'm not a scientist, but this is true. Your body is a constant vibration. If you zoom in and zoom in and zoom in, it's just a bunch of molecules bouncing off each other. So we're actually not even a solid. Like it's just, it's we're all a one big vibration. And so through your energy, you can change who you are like flat out. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast recently and we should dub in the name because I, I can't believe how I forget. It was the Mind, uh, Mind Valley podcast. Will you grab that name for me? The Mind Valley podcast. Look that up and tell me what it is. But the Mind Valley podcast. And it talks about, he talks about how like, he's like, yeah, I, I, was, I was starting to go bald. But I, I told myself that I have the thickest hair ever. And his hair grew back. Jeez. Um, he, he told himself that... Uh, his hair was going gray naturally, but he told himself, he's, he said, I have like the, the most jet black hair. And so his, his gray hair went away because your body actually listens. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of on the edge of like the, uh, like a woo woo type guy. Me too. Uh, <laughs> because I believe all this weird shit that people should, there's an energy. In. Yeah. Um, I remember in college, um, I told myself, uh, people might even hate this. I'm saying this, but it's just true. Who cares? I, Screw them. Say it. I told myself 
I told myself, first of all, I told myself that I was the best well before I even was. And then asked my coach, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? You want to be like a first team all conference guy or all American guy. Like you haven't even a starter yet. So I was telling myself who I was going to become way before others believe me. And that's the key, first of all. But I told myself in college, every single goob, every single day, I told myself, you are insanely fast and you're the fastest guy on this team. You are insanely fast. Not just fast. You are insanely fast and you're the fastest guy on this team. Like insanely fast. Yeah. I told myself that every day because I knew, okay, if, if people can grow their hair back through mindset, you know what I mean? Yeah. If people yeah. can talk themselves like Ray Lewis when he would injure himself, he would talk to the body part that got injured to make it heal faster. If people can heal injuries faster, grow their hair back, then why can't I talk to my own body and tell it to be quicker twitch, tell it to be faster? And I became the fastest guy on the team. I, I became the fastest guy on the team and everyone knew it. And that's not cocky at all. That's just the mindset of a guy who wasn't the fastest, who became that because he, I told myself every single day, I'm the fastest guy on this team. And I was beating guys in races. Uh, we had competitions every off season. I was beating guys in races who were, 10, four, five in the hundred meter dash. Um, because I told my muscles that they were going to act a fool goob. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I told myself that they were going to be quicker twitch than they ever were. I told myself that, that my muscles are going to be strong and never pull. And I went two years without missing a single game with, with zero injuries because my muscles were on my team. Yeah. And so, uh, there's, there's not just somewhere in the center where you're not negative, there's also this beast you can become yeah. through telling yourself. And so I would, I would say to anyone listening to this right now, pick three things in 2023 that you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pick like, is it, is it, is it like, I'm highly intelligent. I think quicker. I have way more energy than everyone else. Oh. I am full of energy all the time watch what happens like you're you're we are we are products of our environment and so i'm going to create this crazy confident environment in my mind in the environment that i want now this is this year's this is like my some of my mantras is i am crazy infectious i'm highly infectious when people meet me i'm going to change their day i am so high energy and so full of love that when people meet me they're going to want to stick around because I know the next chapter in my life, I'm going to need a lot of people for that next launch, that next thing. And so I need to be infectious, full of love now. So my mantras are, I'm full of love. I'm high energy. I'm insanely infectious. I love and so that is, I've become that more than I ever have the last five years. Yeah. So same way I talked to our muscles, yeah. like Ray Lewis did. Same way this guy, what was his name? You find that out? Mind Valley podcast. So there's two podcasts. What's his name though? It's like the Jason Campbell. Nope. Indian guy. Yes. Yes. Vision. So that guy, he's the guy that like grew his hair back and made it black because he could talk to himself. If guys can do that, then why why can't I just do whatever I want to as well? So pick your three things. Pick one thing. If you're if you're starting new at talking to yourself and changing the chemistry of your muscles, yeah. changing the way your hair grows, changing your outcome, start with one thing. I am what? And then 
ruthlessly, even when your own coach, metaphorically, tells you, why the hell are you even thinking that? That's stupid. You are telling yourself, because all that matters, because that my coach didn't have the, the that couldn't change the chemistry of my mind, yeah. but I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I told myself that I was going to be first team all conference. I am that. I am better than all those guys. I am fast. I am this. So start with that one thing for the listeners that you are this year and you'll become hooked on its power for 2024, 2025, 26, until you become exactly who you want to become. Yeah. I'm going to step out on a limb with what you're saying a little bit and compare it to Jesus, but we've already gone there a little bit, so I think it's okay. <laughs> touched on it, dude. Door's Connor open. McGregor, Jesus. Door's open. Yeah, dude. here we go. So I think a lot of what he taught is exactly what you're saying. I really do. I think, you know, we, at least in the LES culture in, in Utah, we talk about the priesthood, and that's the thing that makes things happen. Yeah. I think it's more. I think it's different. I think that there's actually way more to do with the energy that flows that's around us that we can't see. Yeah. I think there's literal energy that we can't see that we're tapping into when we just believe that we can't. And so here's my here's my thought. That every single thing that we think is just a software in our brain. It's just a soundtrack that we play. And we could have gotten that from our parents. We could have got that from our friends. A lot of times it's from our circle. And that's why we need to get in better, better circles so we can have better soundtracks, better software that help us attract better things into our life. But when we talk about performing at a high level, to me, that's a secret. If you just can believe it, like have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, like it talks about in the Bible that Jesus said, have the faith of a mustard seed, this teeny itty bitty seed that you can kind of believe it and then let that grow. That's, I think, exactly what we're talking about right now. Dude, the mustard seed is a saying a sentence in your mind. Yes. That's, that, that, that's, what, that's what the mustard seed is. Saying a sentence in my mind is that mustard seed. It's tiny. People will say, seriously, like seriously, telling yourself But that's a soundtrack. When this. they say seriously, yeah. that's, you dis that's you, absolutely. That's you saying that I don't associate with that software that you got to change. Right, exactly. You just yeah. got to get rid of that thought and yeah. replace it with, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe this. When you drop that seed in the ground, you're like, seriously? You're going to be a massive tree? Seriously? Yeah. Like You might even yeah. think that. It's hard to believe. Yeah. In, in other people's minds, wait, seriously, like you, you talk to your body to heal it faster? You, you're telling me being positive uh, is going gonna, is, is gonna to change my life? Wait, hold up. You're telling me, if you've ever read the book, Happiness, The Happiness Advantage. Yeah, I love it. They talk about this group of people that went off to an island and they acted younger. They just talked about things that were happening when they were in their 20s and 30s and their literal appearance changed. Yeah. They looked 10 years younger when they yeah. came back from this island because your body is just listening to whatever you say. Yeah. So we are in full control. I've had the biggest awakening and epiphanies over this last year that I'm in full control of what happens because I just tell myself that I am that thing that I really, really want to become and it happens. Yes. Unfortunately, I pull my hair out teaching these things and I wish people would let themselves get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I still can't figure out why people won't let themselves see that mustard seed and say, you're going to become a massive tree. Yeah. You know, why? Uh, I know I already asked this, but I, I rack my brain thinking, like, where did I learn that? And I think it was, I was that, that belief in saying things to myself that they were going to become reality. I did it when I was in high school too. I first started doing that because my mom taught me in high school. She might not have known she was even teaching me that, but uh, I remember teaching myself and telling myself I was things in high school and I became those things. Yeah. Then I become a freshman. I told myself I'm the fastest guy on this team and that I actually became that thing. And so now it's habitual. And so I think people need to start with 
proving that this really works and that's what the high performers are doing. Yeah. 99% of people aren't, but start with one thing. I am blank according to who you want to become and say it every day with a smile on your face. When you smile with it, you're like, that's the, that's the confidence and cockiness coming out of you. Like, oh, it's actually going to happen. It's comical to most people, but it's going to happen to me. That's why I'm smiling, just saying it. That's how people should to take that one thing they're going to become in 2023. It's already happened in my mind. Yeah. It's already happened. It's done. I'm just excited for when it's actually going to happen in the physical world. Yeah. I've already created it. I got to be patient because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to slap me and everyone else in the face because it's already completed in my mind. And that's where that's where it starts. I tell this to people all the time. And I know you have a lot of people say, how do I make six figures? If they don't make six figures, how do I quit my day job? How do I get How do I get to where I want to go? Right? And six figures, like low six figures, like 100 grand. It's not, not even that much money anymore. Yeah. It's like you should, you should make six figures if you're an entrepreneur. You really should. It starts here. But a lot of people ask, well, how do I get there? I've never been there before. It's like... Just tell yourself that you like write down 30 times every single day on a piece of paper. I enjoy earning a hundred thousand dollars a year or 200 or 300, 500, a million, whatever it is. I enjoy first person, present tense. I already am. I enjoy it. And then, like, I did that five years ago. Yeah, I wanted to make it works because then you start to attract the people, the podcast, the the books, everything starts to come into your life and then it happens for you. It clears the way. Yes, bro. Yeah. That that is that is it. And I, I laugh because it's so goofy to the to most people. It's become goofy because most people it's like, you can't be serious. No, Mitch, no Eric. Tell me what okay, thanks for the side note. Tell me what actually is gonna allow me to make some magic website and your magic book. Oh, no, no, dude, I'm telling you, it's literally that thing. Yeah. And I think allowing yourself to be a little bit goofy with it and tell yourself that those things are possible, because they are, Yeah. Uh, will help people get to any height that they want to. Love it. Because look, you go ask, I'm just thinking of like famous names, you go ask uh, the Cardones or Gary Vee's or Jesse Isler's or athletes like... Um, um, I don't want to give like LeBron James because he's just an anomaly. But you you ask guys like uh, Chris Paul, who's, you know, undersized. Um, I can guarantee, and I would bet any amount of money, every single one of those guys would sit in this room right now and say, yep, yep, that's it. Yep. That's literally it. One of those guys that I just named would not be like, you know, I don't know. I just, I think it was this, I think it was, no, th- they're going to say it started with that thing. Those guys were all pros, billionaires, Hall of Famers, well before it actually happened. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's coming straight from the mouth of somebody who wants people to win. I know this. Like, you have people in your ecosystem. We talked before this that your your biggest passion right now is just collecting friends. Like, you want to genuinely, authentically collect as many friends as you can and i know a big huge part of that is just to help see you want to see people win you want them to win you want them to be around you you want to be around them and help people grow for sure i can yeah. tell it I, I can see it in you i know that you're that kind of person and that you want to see them win yeah and i, I i'm with you man a hundred percent i i rack my brain my wife tells me this all the time she's like but eric you, you gotta remember that not everybody thinks like you not everybody thinks like that 
but they should. And I, yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm it's so hard for I'm me to kidding. think to myself. But what, they're saying they don't want to win. They don't want to be the best version of themselves. Screw that. I don't want to be around people like yeah. that. And and and, and they're never going to be around people like me or you or anybody like that wants to win. Like, so it's up to them. Anybody listening to this, I hope that there's some like just burning inside of you of like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to full send it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start writing it down. I'm going to believe in it because we want to see you win. And these are the things that are going to help you get there. Yeah. And to attach on to what you just said, certain people, they want to win in different areas that you and I want to win in, which is, which is, uh, and I'm thinking just like material things like business, right? Like that's sort of our baby. We want to win there. We want to be the best version of ourselves. Some people tick a little bit different but they want to win in different ways. They want to win as a mom, win as a dad. Good. And so the same mindset applies though. If you feel Absolutely. like you are currently like low energy or you're not patient enough, yeah. do it with me. I am the most patient person on the planet. Is that phrase I am? I am the most patient person on the planet. I am the most patient mom. I am the most high energy and infectious and loving mom on the planet whatever it is you can become that by just saying that powerful line because your cells have little ears on them metaphorically they're listening to what you're saying yeah. and they will fully they're believe obedient. you as the captain they're obedient they will fully believe you as the captain and become and do exactly what you say they will do. It, it, it's, it's not wooey. It's not mythical. It's not just for movies. It's here and available for people right now. I think the universe, God, uh, any higher power you believe in is begging you to believe like that because you have such a chance to become whoever you want to become by saying that phrase. Now, just saying that phrase and not putting anything into practice also, uh, it, it won't help you accomplish that thing because- It should by, lead you. If you really believe it'll lead it, you. it should lead you to work, to have the energy motivation to yes. go actually put it into action yes. anyway. So the reason I, I ever worked hard in my life is because I said the powerful statement, I am. Yeah. I took that big gulp. And so now working hard was actually not hard at all because I, I, I needed, it was who I am. I needed to become that thing I said I was my body started transforming. It started to crave yeah. exercising more because I said, I am uh, super fast. I am insanely fast. I'm the fastest guy on the team. And so it allowed me to work out more. And, and, and my body started to crave working out more because I knew that the powerful I am statement was preceded that. Taking on that identity, yeah. what, it, what does that look like? What does that look like in the gym? What does it look like? What do I eat? Who do I hang around? How often do I sleep? How often, everything down to the finite, right? To mm-hmm. be the fastest person on the team. And so I think that's, again, I've, I've beat the dead horse, but that is the most powerful it's phrase. It's it. Dude, this is crazy. I didn't know we would go this way. We could have went a million ways. I mean, we could have went fi- ways, football. Dude. We could have talked about your parents, your your upbringing, your life, your mom. We could have talked about uh, times on a mission. We could have talked about a lot of things, but I'm glad it went here. Seriously? Well, it'll go there because that's where the energy wanted it. To, where it, That's where the energy wanted things to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what was on my mm-hmm. mind. That's what you wanted to share. That's that's where the energy took us, and that's exactly where it should have gone. Yeah, and I think it's what people need. So 
I, I hope I hope you guys share this honestly. I mean, this is a guy that brings tons of value, and he I, I kid you not, and a lot of you know him, but he brings so much value in this space of confidence and getting things done with high energy and just always on, always on that that switch. If you want to be like that, implement some of these things that we talked about today, but just a little bit of it, and it will lead you down that path. You can be if you look at Mitch. Or if you look at anybody that you look up to and you say, oh, man, that's so far away, screw that. Like, everybody wants – you want people to win. Absolutely. Like, I want people to win. We we all want people to win, so you just got to believe it first. So hope you share this episode. Hope you take something from this episode and go apply it in your life. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Th- Mitch, thanks for coming on, dude. Like, it was super fun jamming with man. you. Let's do it again. Episode 7, It's that's a wrap. So we'll see you guys next time.